Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Music Answers Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Fawcett. And I'm your producer, Matt Rose. And somehow, I can't really believe it, we're nearing the end of 2021. Matt, are you as gobsmacked by that as I am? Well, I'm gobsmacked that we. this is our seventh episode, and I think that's really the uh, crazier <sighs> part of it. We've done yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's been, uh, you know, it, it really does seem like we just got this thing rolling and we're now in month three and episode seven and, and yeah, been a pretty amazing uh, experience and we've, we've been so fortunate to have amazing guests from across the world of music this year and we thought to end the year, it'd be great for you to meet the rest of our team uh, you know, we had an episode with Doug Wood, one of our co-founders, earlier in the season, but you don't know the rest of us, and so we thought we'd bring everybody on uh, to kind of introduce themselves. So tonight we have an addition with us, our staff, uh, Elizabeth Croteau and AJ Raghuraman, and other co-founders, the other two-thirds, David Wolfert and Phil Galtzen. Welcome to the Music Answers podcast, everybody. Thank you. So glad to so have y'all here. <laughs> Likewise. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So well, why don't we go around the Zoom squares here? Maybe we'll start with, uh, start with Elizabeth. Just please introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from, where you live now. And since we're all musicians here, what kind of music you make? Yeah, I was I was wondering if our Zoom squares were in the same order, but I'm thinking it did. Line I suspect up. they're not, uh, but I'm actually <laughs> I just I I thought about that for a second, and then I'm like, you know, right. I'm happy. I'm just to gonna be, be chivalrous. <laughs> I'm gonna be chivalrous. I'm gonna let Elizabeth go first. I appreciate you. Our listeners don't see the Zoom, so they have no idea if we're lying or not. Right, you, know? you guys will never yeah. know exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, my name's Elizabeth. Hey, everyone, I'm so excited to um, make my first vocal appearance on the podcast. Um, I'm from just south of Boston and currently living in East Village, Manhattan, finishing up um, my undergrad um, in the songwriting program at New York University. Um, I write a lot of kind of laid-back indie pop um, singer-songwriters, Vibes, I love Mount Joy, Maggie Rogers, um, and yeah, I'm super excited to be here. This Does this feel at all like the beginning of school? Like, like oh, <laughs> right, you know, the hey, tell us three <laughs> things about you. Uh, but but I think important, and I, th thank you for all of that. AJ, how about you? Um, Hi, yeah, I am AJ. I am from Chicago, like you, Derek. Um, I currently live in Brooklyn, plan on staying in Brooklyn, sorry, Chicago. Um, I guess the type of music I make, it's basically just uh, guitar music. Um, I've done a little bit of the singer-songwriter stuff, um, done some like indie pop rock stuff, getting more into producing and using samples and all that kinds of stuff now, so just kind of in a experimental phase right now. That's awesome, uh, and I can I can speak to the amazingness of both of them. Tremendous music, both of them. So let's keep going around. Uh, Professor Phil Galston, uh, introduce yourself. Where you're from, where you live now, and the kind of music that you make. Hi, I'm Phil Galston. Uh, I'm a songwriter, producer, teacher, music publisher, all around jack of all trades. Um, I live in Manhattan. And what were your other questions? I live in Manhattan. <laughs> oh, the kind of music I make. Uh, well, I'm happy to say that in the course of my career, I have been able to make all kinds of music, and that's part of the great joy of being a songwriter. So right. that's what I like to do, and that's what I'm continuing to do. Right, and... and uh... To our listeners, if you're not familiar with the work of, of, uh, of Phil Galston, do a little search. You'll find some pretty amazing things in there. Uh, and, and over to our other co-founder on the call tonight, David Wolfert. Introduce yourself, where you're from, where you live now, and what kind of music you make. Hi, I'm David Wolfert. Uh, I'm from Long Island, New York, and I currently live in New York City. Uh, I am a guitarist, and I... A songwriter, and I write music for television, uh, independent films, uh, commercials, and I'm uh, 
an adjunct professor at New York University in the songwriting program. See, what a team. What a team. So I'd love to ask everybody what caused you to join and or found, in case of our co-founders, Music Answers, and why uh, why is our work important to you? I think we'll just keep going around, and this, this circle works nicely, I think. Uh, so why don't we go with Elizabeth? Awesome. Um, yeah, I think that my growing up my generation especially like from the time that I started making music no one was streaming already existed you know that no one was putting things on cds um and it was just such a thing to like have songs out there and it was so cool and I had music on streaming services when I was so young and then I got to college and I started learning about like tidbits of information about wait why aren't you getting paid where is this money going and the more I learned the more baffled I was that how much there was to know and I just think I want everyone to know their music rights I want everyone to have this power to fight for their rights and that is why I work for Music Answers. Awesome. How about you AJ? Yeah I mean it's a few different things I think one of the things is you know there are entities in the industry that take a, a very big share of the pie, um, which is a big reason why so many musicians are struggling to, you know, not only be middle class, but, you know, struggling and, and impoverished in a lot of ways. Um, and it also kind of ties into a conversation that we had, Derek, like really the first conversation we mm -hmm. had about this stuff um, and you were talking right. about how this issue of like equitable wages and fair pay is an intersectional issue. And, it, you know, it affects so many different swaths of people. Um, yeah. And related to that, like because of the actions of a few in the industry, I sort of feel like, unfortunately, the art form itself has become severely undervalued. Um, in a lot of ways, and I think part of the reason why I wanted to do work for Music Answers was to sort of help influence change that benefits the people creating the music and not just the people that are making the money off the backs of those creators. Nice, 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 nice. So our co-founders, how did y'all decide, you know, I don't quite have enough on my plate. Uh, being being global stars, uh, yeah, I'm just not quite busy enough. I want to form a music creator advocacy group. Music Answers was born uh, in part in a time when many were saying that music should be free. And we as music creators knew that it isn't, and it can never be free, because to make music costs us, its creators, our time, talent, training, technology, everything we have. So it's a total investment. And that total investment means that music creators have the right to give or not our permission for our work to be used and to determine the circumstances under which it's used. And that we also have the right to fight for a reasonable return on this investment. But also, we came to realize that for too long, writers, performers, producers were permitting our different roles, rights, and royalty streams to divide us. So we were all veterans of songwriter organizations or composer organizations. And we were always being pitted against producers and performers. But then we realized that the truth is that the roles of songwriters, composers, performers, and producers, the common interests far outweighed any that divided us. Mm -hmm. And so we decided that we should start an organization that brought all those groups together. And that's, that's the really the genesis of it. And the other point was that for too long, music creators had let others speak for us. Publisher groups would speak for us label groups would speak for us. And that while our interests often aligned or converged with those businesses and those organizations, they only did so until they don't or until they right. didn't. 
Mm -hmm. And so we felt we needed to have an independent group. David, care to add to any of that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, in addition to everything Phil said, which I echo, from my own personal experience, about 10 years ago, I think it was, I was asked by ASCAP, of which I'm a proud member, um, to be an expert witness in a court case. They were suing and what's called an aggregator, which when you used to get uh, music free with your Verizon with your Verizon cellular phone or pay $10 extra to get unlimited music, they used an aggregator that, that, that got music from all, all the music publishers and negotiated rates and, and supplied their music to, to Verizon. And they claim that, no, we don't, we don't have to pay any royalties because we're just the middleman. Uh, and, the, and the suit was for... Uh, over a hundred million dollars. Um, so ASCAP, in addition to hiring legal counsel, asked uh, two composers uh, to be expert witnesses, uh, one on the East Coast, the one on the West Coast. Uh, the one on the, on the West Coast was David Banikor, who writes all the music for Survivor and Shark Tank. Oh, wow. and, okay. um, the brilliant guy. And, and for some reason, uh, me. And mm-hmm. um, I accepted uh, uh, gladly um, because I had been making a living at music for 40 years-ish, and I just I supported my family. I put my kids through school. I sent mm-hmm. a couple of kids to college. Uh, I owned a home. I thought, well, I know everything there is about how we make money, because, look, right. I've been making some money, and, mm-hmm. and I've been supporting myself. Uh, and in two or three days with of meeting with ASCAP's in-house counsel, as well as their... Um, outside attorneys and answering their questions and being educated by them so I could answer the other lawyers' questions, the opposition lawyers' questions, um, I was shocked to realize how little I actually knew. Wow. Uh, I knew a lot, probably more than most, uh, but there were huge gaps in my knowledge, which seemed to me as a, as a responsible member of society who's earned Earning money and paying taxes, you should at very least understand how you're getting paid and why. And right. there was so much that I didn't know uh, that I was determined to do something. And then about that time, I reconnected with Phil, who I've uh, known on and off for decades. And uh, we started speaking, and and I jumped at the chance to join. Uh, for all the reasons that Phil said, but also for the reason of, uh, I sincerely believed and believe that music creators are as a group uh, undereducated and underinformed about their, uh, their rights and their sources of revenue. And, and the two, re- two reasons for that are, uh, one, that it's so damn complicated, right. and two, that the people who pay us benefit from our ignorance. Right. They have, they have, if we, because if you can't, if you don't understand your rights, you can't fight for them. And um, so some of it I think is willful and some of it I think is just circumstantial, but that, that, that was a major impetus for me to want to get involved. And I think Music Answers so far has done a pretty good job of making information about those things available to our uh, signatories and to everybody who's visits our website or listens to our podcast. Right. Uh, Right, right, yeah, and the, and here we are on the podcast. And here we are. Uh, led led us led us this far. Um, so, uh, we're all musicians here, and and one of the great things about twenty twenty one versus twenty twenty was that there were so many more musical happenings that that went on. What were some of everybody's favorite musical happenings from this year? Um, oh, you know what? Actually, I think we're going to get, are we going to get another member of our staff joining us? Is that, is that Drea? So Drea, if you could please uh, introduce yourself, where you're from, where you live now, and what kind of music you make. So hi, everyone. Really great to be here. I'm Andrea Zerverona. I'm originally from Miami, Florida, uh, now living in Brooklyn, New York, and yeah. Oh, the kind of music I make. So yes. I make uh, kind of hard to fit into one genre, but I like to describe it as 
alternative R&B indie electronic music of all over the place but yeah that's it there you go yeah and 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 uh the name of the band is of course fake dad yes so if, if that description is intriguing to you uh if you're like how do you put those things together there we go yeah it's better There's to just the... listen to it because that doesn't even fully i don't i don't like those labels but <laughs> it's just <laughs> what, what people have of... told me <laughs> drea you know what kind of music it is what is it it's fake dad music there we go. There we go. Yeah, it sounds, I will say the last time I heard a song from your band, it sounded really fake dad to me. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a, that was, that was uh, you know what, this is totally a fake dad tune. And it was. So um, and we also just went around and uh, discussed what caused us to join Music Answers and why is that work important to you, Drea? So I first found out about Music Answers. Um, through songwriting a uh, program at NYU that I'm a grad student in. Uh, we had a, a panel, when was that? I want to say last fall, I think it was. Was mm-hmm. it 20, was that 2021? I, I'm just, just completely disoriented with the years, but um, <laughs> so, sounds right. Um, and yeah, that just like really, it was, it was very intriguing to me and just got me thinking about like, okay, I had had a PRO, but it wasn't really like, I just realized I wasn't properly using it, engaging with it, and just really, you know, collecting um, all the royalties that were already there available to me. And I wasn't even like in contact with anybody at my PRO. And like, now I am. And just so many things that have helped me as a music creator, um, that, you know, by being involved with Music Answers, I just, you know, wanted to do the same for, for my peers, for up and coming, for younger music creators, um, just want them to be able to know earlier on in their careers, what they can do to, um, protect themselves. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the next thing I wanted to ask all of you is that we're all, we're all creating music and we're all involved in uh, the making of music. And fortunately, 2021 versus 2020, there were a lot more musical happenings that happened. What were some of your favorite musical happenings from the year? Songs that came out, shows that you went to, music you worked on, uh, important music news that was good news, (laughs) hopefully. Uh, Why don't we... Let's see. So now, now to go in a row, why don't we go to Elizabeth and then we'll go back to Dre after that. Cool. Um, yeah, it was kind of, I think, just such an important year to like get back the fact that concerts were happening, you know, that in itself. Um, I had released music over the pandemic that I was able to play live for the first time, which is like such a long time coming, the best feeling. And then I was lucky enough to be able to go to a couple of shows at Red Rocks for the first time um, mm-hmm. in Colorado, which just, wow. If you ever get the chance, that is the hands down coolest venue I've ever been to. So that right. was pretty special. Right. That's awesome. Drea. All right. Well, to start, so much great um, music this year. So a couple standouts for me. There's this artist, um, songwriter, brilliant songwriter, so young. I think she's only 19 years old out of the UK. Her name's Arlo Parks. She released her debut um, album called Collapsed in Sunbeams this year. And it was really cool for me. I had been following her since she released her first single back in 2018. And I actually Mm -hmm. got to interview her at the beginning of the pandemic um, in my music journalism work. So, and that was really a really neat interview. We talked all about the songwriting process and and poetry. And she she started off as a poet too. So it was really cool to to talk Mm. about, yeah, our processes and just to 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 hear from her so and then she released that brilliant album and it's it's so cool she got nominated for a couple grammys best new artist um so really 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 cool she's already accomplished so much i think she's got a long career ahead of her and then another favorite band of mine uh hiatus coyote released um an album they hadn't put out anything i think for like six years or something so oh wow that was, they were they were truly wild. hiatus i think, I think that hi- was somebody hi- somebody hi- hiatus coyote hiatus. Were, <laughs> right somebody could fact check me on that but i think it was six years five six years um and then yeah my my band uh fake dad we put out our first our debut ep and i'd never put out a project um at large before so it was very very exciting um yeah and just 
playing and got, and got to play it live too, like Elizabeth. So mm-hmm. getting back to live shows, you know, scary at first because everything is still definitely not normal. But yeah. to to get that that feeling back and that real crowd, you know, reaction is 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 really something because live shows are great, but as we all know, it's it's not it's not quite quite the same experience. Right, right, right. AJ, how about you? Um, yeah, the the return of live music was definitely a big thing for me this year, both attending shows and also playing them. But I think, I mean, the 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 best experience that I've had this year was I went to see Aruj Uftab at Pioneer Works, um, and that was amazing. She's also a, a nominee for Best New Artist wow. this year. I highly recommend checking her out. Um, amazing. The show is amazing. It was one of my first shows... Um, you know, after um, coming back to New York, but also my first show for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Um, and, you know, attending that, it was a little like nerve wracking, you know, but attending that, um, it was it was a great, it was a great mm-hmm. first show back for mm-hmm. me. I think. That's great. So clearly the two of yeah. you, Dre and AJ, should not be at the same Grammys party because uh, you have different candidates that you want to win yeah, uh, we'll oh need yeah, to s- if, if you are at the same party, we'll need six. to separate you. Let's get them <laughs> in the opposite sides of the room. Uh, so, so uh, David Wolfert, what uh, were some of your favorite uh, musical happenings of 2021? My, by far, my favorite moment was, on a slightly different note than everybody else, is I went to see, on opening night, I went to see the New York City Ballet wow. with, its ma- with its magnificent orchestra. Mm. And when the conductor hit the downbeat there was there was a palpable sigh in the room it was wow. you know 70 or 80 of new york's best musicians playing some tchaikovsky something mm. as a unit even when they started tuning you could see people like people were crying in the audience mm. and it was it was it was just mag- it was indescribable wow um uh, the dancing was beautiful, and it was weird to be in a room with a couple of thousand people. But but yeah. but the f- the first downbeat of the first piece was just it was a moment. I'll, I really I'll never forget. It was incredible. Wow. Uh, the second musical happening is that after uh, decades in this business, I put out my first music ever this year with wow. one of my song partners, and um, that was a, it's, it continues to be a huge thrill. And uh, to watch it on social media and to, um, and you know, see it and hear it on Spotify and get messages from people I haven't seen in, you know, a lifetime. It's, it's been really, it's been fantastic. That's awesome. uh, the name of the project is the, the name of the project is the four, five, six. If anybody wants to find this on your various streaming services, we're there. Mm-hmm. The four, five, six, y'all. Very cool. And Phil. Well, the first live music I saw this year was pretty late in the game because we were being very, very careful having two young, unvaccinated grandchildren mm-hmm. was a very special event. It was my dear friend Roseanne Cash in concert at the Mahewe Theater in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Wow. And just like what David said about the ballet, uh, they came out on stage, and before they played a note, they got a standing ovation mm. from a masked, masked crowd. And uh, it was just fantastic show. Really wonderful. A couple of good friends play in the band with her, Zef Katz on bass, and, of course, her husband, producer John Leventhal on guitar. And it was just really special. Roseanne is a, not only a dear friend, but a colleague, somebody who's been involved in music answers and somebody who I've lured to teach and now be artist in residence at NYU. So that made it all the more special. Another important uh, music event this year was watching Get Back Mm. and getting behind the scenes with the Beatles and getting the real close-up story. It's an incredibly inspiring show to watch and um, I could go on, but that was important. Uh, another one was uh, being able to return to conducting interviews for Words and Music, the series I host of Conversations 
with important songwriters. So I got to talk with the utterly inspiring Laurie McKenna. Mm -hmm. And later in the year, I got to speak with the legendary Mike Stoller of Lieber and Stoller. Mm -hmm. uh, another special experience this year was hearing the work of my students, <laughs> which uh, is really a thrill. And this is a particularly stellar group. Um, so that was exciting. And then in general, it was watching the increased diversity of music being made across our field. And at the same time, kind of in certain quarters, a commonality of artistic purpose, regardless of the genre. That was exciting. Beyond that, the, the work I was involved with, it was meaningful, very meaningful to me. This year was uh, co-writing with my buddy Dave Schroeder, the song Stand for Change, which was recorded by Black Theater United and producing the record with my friend Swag Arcelius and then uh, contributing a song to Kurt Elling and Charlie Hunter's Grammy-nominated album, Super Blue. That was a blast. Mm -hmm. And finally, the ongoing development of Kurt's and my musical, The Big Blind, which we got to perform in at the Detroit Jazz Festival. Really, really exciting, and we have a lot of plans for the future. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I think Matt, uh, you know, I, I feel like some of these other things you and I have covered in other episodes, but we haven't covered this. What was what was your favorite musical happening oh, of this year? Oh man, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this year, let's see. I mean, just going back to concerts again. I, I I've been able to see a few. Uh, one artist that I was working with, uh, Priya Darshini, who was nominated for a Grammy last year. I I got to be a part of her. Uh, concert and not not playing but you know just be there and be with the team and help out with that and, and that was really great just all of us super excited to be back and doing stuff like that um, and like Phil I have a musical that isn't being done at the Detroit Jazz Fest but it is going up on January 2nd yeah but um, yours is so on Broadway wait a minute yours is on no Broadway. it's not on Broadway well, well it's near Broadway it's near Broadway that's true yeah so we're, we're doing that, and we're all very excited. We've been in rehearsal for the past month, uh, and it's been a lot of fun So with a lot of uh, good friends from the Broadway scene. So those are two, two fun things going on yeah. this year. And, the, you know, we would say, hey, go get tickets for that. But as Matt can tell you, it's all sold out, so don't bother. It is sold out. <laughs> April, April 13th, you're here to hear first. We're, we're doing another one. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. So the um, I suppose I'll, I'll hop in here, too. Um, I I guess I had some similar experiences. My my first show back was seeing uh, my friend and, and collaborator and uh, NYU songwriting alum Lauren Scales and her band at a club called Berlin in the Lower East Side. And there was this kind of thrill but also terror at being there because we were, you know, unlike kind of the refined uh, experience that that probably Phil and David had at these, you know, uh, the shows that had seats. This was general admission and a small space. And so we were all just kind of in there. And, and so my wife and I went and we looked at each other like, is this OK? Like, oh, I think so. And uh, and hearing live music and seeing people and experiencing people react to live music again was super thrilling. And. Then a few months later, actually did a you know first show of my own in, in a long time. That AJ, uh, both one of his bands played, and and he played drums for me, and and uh, that was over at Bowery Electric, and uh, played new music that, that has been uh, much of it uh, written during my tenure uh, here at NYU, um, and for a bunch of my NYU classmates, and and so that was pretty that was pretty thrilling too, and. Yeah, so uh, I like 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 Phil said, I could go on, but there was really uh, it was really a tremendous year uh, for for musical opportunities and musical happenings. So um, something that is kind of a new part of my life experience. I moved to New York in July, and so you know I have like nine years until I'm an actual New Yorker, but. I have been in New York and I've been experiencing life as a New Yorker as opposed to my, my years prior to in Chicago. But when you live in New York, and I, I think all of you will kind of uh, feel me on this, New York things happen. You know, like you walk around and you, you experience life in New York and it's like, wow, that was a really New York 
thing that just happened back there. And, you know, we're all New York based at this point. And I think that there's a certain fascination that hangs around, you know, New York, like most most people in the world come to visit as opposed to living here. And so uh, I thought it might be interesting, you know, to see what was the most New York thing that happened to you this year. And I, I, I can actually start this one off because I can offer two up. I was over in front of the 35 West 4th building at NYU, and there was a young woman sitting in a chair, clearly an indoor chair that was on the sidewalk that seemed to have like a gold lame like kind of uh, cushion, like it was like reflective. And she was in a coat and she was sitting in the chair on the curb, just clearly like on her phone, you know, and it's just like... It wasn't clear whether she was waiting for someone to pick her up. She was just in this chair sitting there, you know, and, and like facing the street. And I'm like, I, sh- I, I should have taken a picture because of this brilliant, like, why is this happening New York moment? And then last night I was walking with my wife. I think we were like on 5th or 6th Ave. And you know those like three-wheel roadsters that like they've, they, they're, they're open air uh, you know, and they've got like these big bars around the back and they look very muscular. And, uh, you know, you see these periodically in New York and they rev engines and it's like, oh my gosh, that's so loud. You're ruining my hearing and my career. But this time it was, there was someone very well dressed as the Grinch who stole Christmas in it. And he was zipping up and down and, you know, and they were blasting, the heavy metal version of you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch out of it. And so everybody's whipping their phones out, taking pictures at a certain point, the roadster pulls to the side and Grinch gets out and everybody's taking pictures with him. And I'm like, this is so fabulously New York, you know? And, and meanwhile, over my shoulder is the Saks Fifth Avenue light display that happens every 10 minutes and passing by is a cart, uh, a bicycle cart, that is blasting Jay-Z's, you know, uh, New York state of mind. And I'm just like, yep, this is, this is all of the New York things all at once. So uh, New York happening, something that, that was very New York that happened to you this year. Uh, and I hope it was something better than like stepping in, in the fecal matter of some other organism. Drea, what, what do you got? I feel like my things were, first things that came to mind are overall negative, but just thought of a positive. So oh, I'll get, no. I'll get <laughs> well, okay. So it had been like a couple of years since I'd really been using public transport, right? And getting, we all know, mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. stuck on trains is a thing. And I just, it happens. But yeah, this year I was just reminded of, <laughs> of the inconvenience of the MTA that we just all endure sometimes. And it's okay, you know, I was 45 minutes late to something because of the train, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's no. it. Um, but I guess uh, something about something on the more positive side, that in terms of like me, uh, the New York music scene and community that's kind of always there. At least like even with live shows, it's, it's always there. But we kind of just like with live shows not happening, I you know lost touch with it a little bit. And this year, one of my shows, um, I was opening for an act that. Um, we didn't know the fake dad didn't know um, Jack Lizard, and we got to the venue, and it was really cool because he. We just ended up having like a bunch of mutuals, and he had already like heard of us, and then like people ended up being there that he knew, that like we knew, and like so or like you know, it's just really cool when when you actually like realize there's like you have a closer connection to somebody that you initially thought was a complete stranger in the music community. Just reminded sure. of yeah what a small community it, it really can be sometimes. So that was cool. That's that's super cool. Yeah, kind of uh, maybe not only in New York, but definitely in New York. Mm. That's great. I love that. Uh, Elizabeth, how about you? Yeah, I don't know if mine is as glamorous as yours were, Derek, either. Um, but I am just shocked at how much this moment this year has stuck with me. And so I've been in New York the past five years. I know, like, cockroaches, mice, rats, it's all a thing. Like, that's the New York life. Never happened to me. The night that there was a mouse in my studio apartment, I swear to God, I was a different person. I'm like, brooms, sprays, mouse traps everywhere. I, it was truly scarring. And I actually got the mouse that night. But since then, pest control game is 
on fleek and i just that really changed me <laughs> there was a mouse in my studio apartment in new york let it be known people Wait, Elizabeth, this is the first year that happened to you because it's also the first year that also the first year happened to me. And it was terrible. And I did not have the same reaction as you. Now I am terrified. Now I think there's always a mouse in my apartment and I can't sleep. That's crazy. All right. I'll send you my resources. You do do understand that you're both incredibly fortunate. (laughs) Please do. Because it wasn't a rat. It was a mouse. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Yes, yeah. yeah I, was say. I, had, I had a student who asked to miss to attend her last class uh, remotely because her her apartment was so rodent infested that they had to abandon it. Oh, yikes! <laughs> Visit New York City, everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love New York. Wow. Yes. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. Well, well uh, I have a cat, so I'm not supposed to get my, she just doesn't do anything. Doesn't yeah. I think the, the moral of the story, Dre, is you need to fire your cat. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> AJ, how about you, my friend? Yeah. Mine has uh, nothing to do with vermin, depending on what you think of Kevin Bacon. So I uh, was walking down the street, like this is like a month ago, maybe. And uh, I was walking to my bagel place. It was like maybe like nine in the morning or so. And I haven't been in New York for that long. Definitely wouldn't consider myself a New Yorker per se. But in this moment, I was like, maybe I am a New Yorker. I was walking through, um, you know, my neighborhood just to get to my bagel place. And all of a sudden, this guy stops me. And he's like, hey, man, where are you going? And I was like, what do you care? Like, (laughs) I'm going to my bagel place. And he's like, okay, um, you got to like go around the other way because we're filming something here. And I was like, okay, can I just like walk on the other side of the street? And he's like, no, you got to go around. So I'm like, oh, whatever. And I go around. So I, I, it basically adds like a block to my bagel, uh, my bagel place trip, which is not a big deal, but I was pissed in the moment. And so I'm turning the corner and I see Kevin Bacon and he's in this car and they're like, they're shooting something. But I just like, it struck me how little I cared about him and how much I just wanted to get my bagel and go home and how upset I was at this detour that they made me take. And I was walking back and I was like, why am I getting so mad about this? But that, that was my, that's my, uh, my quintessential <laughs> New York experience, I think. <laughs> yes, I, I think the um, if New York City had an official physical stance, it'd be like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like our yes. listeners can't see this, but like hands exactly. extended, like what? <laughs> and exactly. you had the, the perfect say, this reaction. This is an audio medium, but yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So... Uh, and now to our more uh, experienced New Yorkers, David and Phil. David, was there something that happened to you this year that you struck that struck you as like, boy, that's New York? Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to break the rules and partially ignore the question because because something happened to me about about 20 years ago that is the most New York experience possible, and I can't top it, and it's and it's worth talking about. Let's go. So, I have a. Uh, among other things, I have a Stratocaster uh, that's a hybrid between a 1959 and a 1960, and it is maybe the world's greatest guitar. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly, it is certainly worth a small fortune, but the money is nothing compared to what it's worth to me. Um, I was in a recording studio, recording a commercial, and had moved my guitar out of the way because some big keyboard rack or something was being rolled in. And when I went to get my guitar, it was gone. Oh, boy. So I said to the assistant engineer, thanks for moving my guitar to protect it from the keyboard racks. And he said, well, no, I, I didn't move your guitar. So we very quickly realized that it was actually gone, that it had been stolen. First of all, that's a terrible feeling that, nothing, that, that, that no, one, no one should ever experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was the height of summer. It was about 1,000 degrees outside. And the studio was on 46th Street. And at the time, all the music stores in New York were on 48th Street. So they were you know, two blocks away. So uh, 
me and uh, the guy who was my guitar tech at the time ran out from the studio, ran to 48th Street, and the plan was to go, because it was kind of, a, it's kind of a distinctive looking guitar. The plan was to go to each music store on the street, give a description, so if they saw it, they could call me. So we go to the first store, and I'm breathlessly explaining what this guitar looks like. And just like out of a movie, some kid is standing there with headphones on. He goes like this, takes a headphone off and says, hey, man, I just saw that guitar. Someone's selling it on the street down the block. Wow. So we go, uh, Kenny and I go down the block. And sure enough, there's a guy selling guitars through a rack of guitars. And there's my guitar. It's still warm. I mean, it's, you know, it might. So I said to Kenny, uh, you watch this guitar. Don't let anybody buy it. I'm going to find a policeman. So it's a joke among New Yorkers, but there's never a policeman in New York when you need one. There's only... So I ended up uh, about eight blocks away on, on, uh, on 40th Street and Broadway. Finally found a cop. Now I'm really sweating and I'm really out of breath and I'm really exercised and excited. And I explained to them the situation. Uh, he says, get in. I get in the back of the patrol car and we go up Broadway for eight blocks with lights and sirens on against traffic. It's up to uptown on Broadway for, through Times Square. Wow. And we come screeching to a halt in front of this rack of guitars. And I'm, I'm going, well, there's my guitar. There's my guitar. He said, uh, well, okay, prove it. And I said, wow. well... I have the serial numbers written down in my insurance records, but they're at home. He said, no problem. We'll just take the guitar and uh, we'll hold on to it until you can prove it's yours. And again, as any New Yorker would know, that you don't leave a valuable one-of-a-kind instrument with the New York City Police Department because when you come get it, there's going to be a Yamaha there instead or something. <laughs> so I said, well, no, that's not good. He said, uh, well, you have to prove it's yours. I said, well, I played it 10 minutes ago. My fingerprints are on it. Can you fingerprint me? <laughs> and he said, no, we can't finger. He said, no, we can't fingerprint you unless you break the law. <laughs> okay. So now I am. Brace yourselves. Like, because someone is going to buy this guitar. It's being sold for $2,000, I think, which is a fraction of what it was worth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm kind of out of ideas. So finally, I begged the policeman, and he went and started to hassle the guy about selling guitars, selling stuff on the street without a permit, and making the guy nervous. And then the policeman brokered a deal where I could buy it back. And, I, and between me and Kenny, we, I think we had $150 in our pockets. So we took out our cash and counted it out and gave it to the guy who gave it to the policeman who gave me my, my guitar back. So I bought back my guitar for $150. Um, and this entire, this entire story, 15 minutes, maybe, maybe, maybe 20. Um, and and I, I just can't imagine anything more New York than that. It's just, it's just, just and, and, I, and every, every time I pick up that guitar, which is quite often, I can, you know, I can remember that story. I thought you were going to tell us that um, when he said you have to break the law, that you immediately jaywalked. <laughs> no, I, I said, well, I could punch you. Exactly what I said. Oh my God. <laughs> and he said, well, no, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, al although, although this comment, I'm sorry, Derek, go ahead. I was just going to say those were clearly 15 New York minutes, uh, as it were. So. <laughs> Not, not worth interrupting you, Phil. <laughs> well, ahead. you know, you, you, in the end, you may not use David's story. I hope you do. But um, <laughs> it reminds me of when my family and I went out to our car to go to a family reunion out of, this, out of the city and discovered that our, uh, the rear windows of our car, which was parked on the street, had been broken. And both mm. of the car seats of our children had been stolen. So we wow. couldn't go to the family reunion. And the next night coming home from the studio, I bought one of those car seats for $20 from a man who was selling it on the corner. Wow. So, <laughs> All right. Wow. Apparently, apparently that was the move at that time frame. Yeah. It seems it to just happen to everybody. So wow. why, why don't you ask me to talk about my most New York moment <laughs> of this year? 
Hey, Phil, could you talk about your most New York <laughs> moment of this year? Sure. So, first of all, I'd frame it by saying that the, in many ways, the most New York moment was returning to the city after many months in quarantine outside of the fantastic and fast any place I've called home for my entire adult life. So that was a big moment just to kind of drive into town and feel like Stevie Wonder and living for the city, skyscrapers and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, shortly thereafter, I was having my first outdoor lunch and, and non-New Yorkers need to know that the city has become a virtual forest of outdoor eating. And right. Kurt Ellen and I were eating uh, on 44th Street between 8th and 9th. And while we were eating, the, there was a fire alarm called into the fire station around the corner. And five fire trucks drove by us, literally next to us, with their sirens screaming. And while they were driving by, we both noticed a man walking along the sidewalk reading a book paying no attention to these screaming sirens. And Kurt looks up and he says to me, I want to know what that guy's reading, <laughs> which is a real New York moment. It was, it was great. Um, and then I, I guess uh, two other. One was that uh, we had the opportunity to take our older grandson, Theo, who's a little over two, to the, the world-famous model train show at the New York Botanical Garden which I just have to say, you have to go to at least once in your life. It's one of the most remarkable New York experience. No, no other city could pull this off. Every wow. model of a New York building, including every landmark you know of, many lesser known buildings, all the bridges, wow. et cetera, they're all constructed out of plants. Wow. It's just, and then there are model trains running through the whole thing. It's great. And is that year round? No, no, no. It's every December. Every December. Okay. It's okay. been, this is its 30th or 31st year. It's wow. really, really great. And then the other thing I'd say is, is while I feel compelled to stress that Music Answers knows no geographic bounds, it's a worldwide group. One of the most New York things for me this year was the energy initiative and leadership of our wonderful Music Answers staff, five of whom are participating in this podcast. And it strikes me as something that's powered in part by the New York zeitgeist. So we're really grateful for it, we three founders, and all of our 4,000 plus members. We thank you for that. Thanks. Very kind, Phil. Uh, let me let me let me just take a minute to echo that. Absolutely. That's awesome. It, it's hard. It, it's 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 hard to overstate how important it's been to us. Well, gosh, now everybody's blushing and smiling, uh, which you can't see over the podcast, but take my word for it. Uh, well, so I want to ask everybody one more question as we are now on the brink of 2022 lot going on, a lot of things to be excited about, maybe some things also to be concerned about. But so what What are we all excited about for 2022? What What are the things that are like, you know, you know, in just a few weeks, like that, this is going to be that much closer uh, to what we're doing, you know, to, 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 to coming into being. And I'm super pumped about it. Drea, why don't you, why don't you kick it off? Well, excited for for the, all the work that we've been doing and will continue mm-hmm. to be doing and, and for the, we've got some really um, exciting upcoming episodes of this podcast alone that mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. really, really cool and exciting. Um, and what else? Just like, I guess for myself personally, just as a music creator, excited to, to keep creating, have a lot of uh, new material that I'm excited to get out there and, We'll, we'll be touring um, in cities we haven't played for um, for the first time this year. Well, if, you know, seeing how things go, it's kind of kind of hard to say right. that for sure now. But, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, you'll, you'll have to let me know where you're, where you're playing in Chicago, Drea, so I can 
alert alert the folks over there if if you're if you're making it out that far i don't know you might be just doing east coast maybe well no plan is to go out so so yeah that might very well be i'll let you know (laughs) awesome awesome fingers crossed uh elizabeth yeah wow i know i can't even believe it's already december 2021 but um i'm so excited for the new year um Personally, I'm starting a new job, um, moving, so that's always cool. Um, good timing. And then musically, yeah, I mean, I think we're at a really pivotal time in life and the industry itself. And what we're um, kind of working towards at Music Answers is really important right now. And I think we are actually going to see within 2022 changes happen. And I can't wait to see so. That's awesome. AJ. Yeah, um, on a personal level, just looking forward to more writing, more collaboration, more creation, just in general. Um, Bigger picture, definitely looking forward to what we have lined up, more action from us, um, and more action from Congress on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, David? That's a really complicated question. (laughs) Those are the only kinds of questions I ask, David. There you go. Well, you're a complicated guy. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, I'll answer it two ways. On a personal level, um, there's a project that I've been working on for four years now, uh, along with uh, two people who I consider um, role models. And uh, one, one is Terry Ellis, who was the founder and president of Chrysalis Records, which brought most of my favorite music from the 80s and 90s. And Peter Asher, who's just, besides having discovered James Taylor and ran their label, uh, has been a, a huge presence in the music industry for as you know as long as I've been an adult. We've been working on a project together, which is a 40-piece touring orchestra. And uh, we actually have a ho- hopes of actually having it appear on a stage sometime this year. So we are, we are very thrilled about that on a, uh, music answers level, I think that um, the next threshold for uh, for all of us, and I'm looking forward in the battle for creators' rights and creators' revenues to having the lines between who's actually responsible for paying us less become more clear. I think that um, many of us believe that it's, it, while it's very easy to say Spotify isn't paying enough money because that's certainly true. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us believe that many of the people out in the industry who are purporting to be our friends, uh, including the record companies which own all the major music publishers right. are partially responsible for keeping those rates low. Right. And, there seems to be somewhat of a groundswell among interested parties to make that distinction more public. Mm-hmm. And I think like any problem, when you know the actual causes of it, you can affect solutions more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to a time in the music ag- advocacy, ad- in the music advocacy sphere where where blame is properly, uh, blame is the wrong word, but where causation is properly assigned. And, 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 and we can all stop jumping up and down and saying Spotify doesn't pay enough money. And we can get to the reasons, the many reasons why that's true uh, and hopefully make some motion uh, in, that, in, you know, in a better direction for all of us. That's awesome. And I think you, you are on the brink of creating a new word, the advocosphere. Advocacy. Uh, there we go. You, you heard it here first, the Music Answers podcast, folks. Advocacy. Yeah. Ad, Advocacy. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, Advocacy would be the, the British version, right? Uh, the, uh, yeah, or the Advocacy, which would be the avocado version. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See, we're not just music creators, folks. We are language creators. Uh, <laughs> Phil, what are you excited about for 2022? I'm excited about making new music, which I can't seem to stop doing they try to stop me but keeps pulling me back in uh hearing the exciting work of my colleagues yourselves included coming at me and doing all i and we can as music answers to launch new alliances 
think there's going to be some very exciting news on that front. Continue to build this ever-growing community. And most important, do even more to tackle the crucial issues confronting music creators across the nation, in North America, and around the world. That's awesome. And uh, glad to, to kind of wrap that. Matt, you, should we answer these questions as well? Would you like to take a stab? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, on the personal front, got some exciting stuff going on a lot of which i'm not allowed to talk about which sucks uh not not up not up to me i wish it was uh but i think i think i've got an ep coming out soon with a dear friend of mine um which should be pretty exciting because that's not the type of thing i normally do um so we'll see what happens there and other than that just i mean looking forward to moving ahead with this podcast like we've yeah. been doing because i think we've got some really great stuff planned and just so everybody knows if it wasn't clear we will be back in 2022 and onward it, it will be a seamless switch by the way you it's not like it's not like we're we're not hiatusing or anything it's nope. just uh no no nope. we're just uh you won't you won't even notice that the year changed it's that's just right. going to be it's yeah, just going exactly. we we are actually going to be the smoothing agent for the transition from 21 to 2022 so if you're if you're concerned about a hard landing into 2022 just keep listening to this podcast everything's going to be fun and and for me uh, on uh, a personal front uh, more some more live shows and performing of this this new uh, material that I've been involved in I'm going to be playing at Rockwood Stage 3 on my birthday, February 5th. Uh, and AJ is, is already signed on to be a part of that. And, and uh, so playing, playing in New York as a New Yorker on my birthday, I think is going to feel really fun. And, um, you know, I plan to doing, doing some recording and putting some music out of some of this work that has been, uh, that I've been working on here in New York. And that's going to be really exciting. I'm going to, in May, graduate from the NYU songwriting program, which is super exciting. My, my professors looked at me sideways like, ah, are you so sure? No, I, but, I, I uh, think what those looks uh, are meant to say is, we'll be the judge of that. Right. <laughs> They're just like, oh, really? <laughs> Go on. Um, so you say. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lovely thought you have, Derek. Uh, you see, my, my, my classmates on this podcast were smart enough to not mention this, to open themselves up to this. But um, yeah, and, and upon graduation, kind of a, you know, who knows what next, uh, which is both exciting and scary. But, uh, but my wife and I will both be graduating from NYU and, and on to whatever the next stage of, of our lives will be. Um, but along the way, Super excited for this, uh, like all of you, what, what Music Answers is doing. I mean, we this in just the, the time that I've been involved, we've been able to have uh, a visit to uh, a couple kind of school, like information-oriented visits that have really fired people up and gotten people excited about, about protecting their rights and about being able to be armed with the necessary information to protect their rights and to help their friends protect their rights and to get more people excited about this, uh, you know, otherwise kind of difficult to wrap your head around subject, but the, but the possibilities I think are really exciting and, and Music Answers is kind of dedicated to spreading that, uh, that music creator gospel of like what we can, what we should be able to do and what we want to be able to do and that we can, what we can accomplish together. And so, yeah, I'm excited about the work with the podcast and about, um, about future just events that we're putting on. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think, and maybe this can be said about every year, but I think that 2022 is going to be a really fascinating year in music rights in, you know, uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about the kind of legislative actions going on in the UK and, uh, you know, impending court cases and legislations here domestically. And, uh, and we're going to be here for all of it. And we're going to be talking about it on the Music Answers podcast. And so I hope that you'll, as you, as you all negotiate your 2022, uh, and as we do as well, that you, that you join us and, and, you, and that you stick with us, because I think it's going to be a pretty rollicking year. So, well, y'all, it is, it is, uh, with that, I think this is a good place to both end the Music Answers podcast year and, and, uh, and, and wish 
our listeners uh, a great end of 2021 and a great start to 2022. And, and you'll be hearing from us again really soon. So thanks for all your support and for, uh, for, for all the kind words that we've gotten about our episodes and, and more, more, more to come. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Healthy New Year. Okay, now, as the producer in me can't stop, I really think Matt should introduce himself once more. This is your producer, Matt Rose. I'm your producer, Matt Rose. But but you've who you've come to know over a, a long period of time. So thank you all for joining us. <laughs> From Derek and I, thank you for being with us for the past few months. And we'll be back. The Music Answers podcast is produced by Matt Rose and engineered by Josh Trimble. The music on today's episode was Pick Up by yours truly, Derek Fawcett. Music Answers is a music creator advocacy group of more than 4,000 signatories that seeks to protect, improve, and educate about the rights of songwriters, composers, performers, and producers. Visit musicanswers.org for important music creator information and to learn how you can support our efforts. Got questions you want answered on our podcast? Send them to us at musicanswers.org, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I'm your host, Derek Fawcett, and this was the Music Answers Podcast.